1: Thank you so much again for tuning in. I really appreciate the people who are participating and being part of this little community that we've developed over the last almost two years and four months. It's crazy to me that we started this in September, two years ago, and we are almost all the way into 2017. Absolutely unbelievable, but it has been one of the greatest things that I've done with my career. There have been so many positive outcomes from hosting this show and i hope for those of you who listen regularly you're picking up some good tips and you're following up with some of the people who you hear on the show I always try to find people who are interesting people who are doing something different and while I bring you a lot of my friends I also like to discover some new people and today we have someone who I've just sort of run across in that weird world of social media it was kind of one of those weird things I was looking around for some different business podcasts I always look for you know some inspiration and I stumbled upon this podcast called 21st Century CEO and I was listening to it while I was running and then out of the blue One of the hosts of the show liked one of my posts on Twitter like maybe a day later, and I was like, why do I know that name? And I clicked through, and I I don't know if somehow he saw that I had been listening to his show through the magic of analytics or if it was just pure serendipity. But I said, hey, you know, thanks for for liking the piece. We chatted back and forth, and I said, I want to have you on my show because I like having other podcasters on this show because, A, they make great guests, but B – if you like, if you're listening to a show called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, you might like a show called 21st Century CEO. And so it's kind of my way to introduce my listeners to other podcasts. Cause I always think people who listen to podcasts are easier to get as listeners than people who don't even know what a podcast is. So Brett Upham is our guest today and he is a serial entrepreneur. And he is the CEO of Team Thrive Productions. He is also a Star Diamond Beachbody coach. Now, I know what Beachbody is. I don't know what a Star Diamond coach is, but that makes him sound really fit, like somehow he's going to like run circles around us. So uh, that is he, – he is a, a Diamond Beachbody coach with a team of over 8,000 coaches nationwide. And uh, I'll have to go back. I've had a couple of other Beachbody coaches on the show. I wonder if they all know each other, but I guess with 8,000, maybe not. Uh, and he is also – Uh, currently the co-host and the creator of 21st Century CEO Podcast, which is how I know him. Hey, Brent, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do.
0: Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to be here today, and I can't wait to get started.
1: All right, so tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. What is Team Thrive Productions? And uh, maybe then we can talk a little about, about your podcast as well.
0: Yeah, Team Thrive Productions is kind of just our parent company, if you will, that we We run a lot of our different businesses through, Uh, I say we, my wife and I, uh, we do all of our business together, which is awesome and scary at the same time, Uh, but primarily our our business is uh, Beachbody Coaching, and we are virtual fitness coaches. We help people with health, fitness, nutrition, accountability online primarily uh, through these virtual fitness groups uh, that we host, and that has been where we have gained a lot of our just experience on how to bring entrepreneurship kind of into the 21st century using social media, using social networking. And from that uh, having a team of 8,000 coaches, we get question after question after question day after day after day. And, and I found it to be more beneficial to just start a podcast and start answering, you know, my team's questions on this podcast and, and, Pretty quickly I'd say that is now you know expanded into having other listeners and followers that that we've brought on here recently ask questions about um, just general business CEO things on how to start you know maybe their side hustle or their side passion in the 21st century and in today's world and honestly i've I've been an entrepreneur since I was about in the first grade so I've kind of <laughs> I've, I've always had this spirit and I've always had all these other little businesses that I've ran uh, between, I, between when I was in first grade and when I got my real, if you will, my real first corporate job right out of college. So uh, that's Team Thrive Productions. That's what I do. And uh, I love it. I think it is just the most fun thing in the entire world.
1: So one of my guests I had on, I don't know, probably wasn't a quite a year ago, just, just less than a year ago, she had just won like the top beach body coach. It was like the first year they'd given out such award. And her name I think okay. it's Cole Hansen, I don't know if you know who she is, but she, she won some that's big, not. she was like the queen of Beach Body coaching, I think. So she was a guest maybe back in February or March on my show. So um, so that's great. So you're doing all that. So how? So tell me a little bit more then about, you do a bunch of different businesses with your wife. What's it like to work with your wife?
0: Oh man, it, there are days where it's like the greatest thing. And if I'm completely honest, she's not in the room right now. So I can say this, some days it's, uh, it's like two rams, button heads. <laughs> um on the National Geographic Channel. <laughs> we are both very alpha. We're both like very much go getters. And so we're we're firm in what we believe sometimes and, and sometimes that doesn't mash up. But for the most part it is it is just awesome because we share a lot of the same passions and we're able to use our talents and our strengths and, and kind of mesh them all together and and really in my opinion get things done a lot faster because we're constantly around each other. So I don't have to wait for, you know, an email back from here or some someone to approve an idea that I had or, you know, those types of things, that kind of red tape that gets caught up in business a lot of times, we're able to just say, you want to do that? Let's do it. And it gets done right away.
1: So have you always been like really into fitness or was this something you said, hey, I got to get into shape? How'd you get involved with Beachbody?
0: Yes. Um, I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. Um, Allie and I didn't know each other at the time, but I took one of her and fit- Allie is my wife. I took one of her fitness classes.
1: Oh, so Uh, great, great way to meet girls is go take their fitness classes. I see how it is.
0: Exactly. Uh, So that was about six years ago, I guess, maybe seven. And so I lost 40 pounds and all of my buddies were like, hey, I heard you were doing that insanity program. I can't get through the first nine minutes of it. How'd you, (laughs) how'd you get through 60 days? Right. So I basically just started helping them and like I said, I've had several different businesses uh, and I knew the power of social media. This was back like 2008, 9, 10-ish. I, I wasn't doing social media right back then, but I knew it was a powerful tool. So I was like, well, I know a little bit about it. I know a little bit about how to maybe take this make things viral, if you will. And so I started implementing some of the things that I was trying out in, in my other businesses back then and deploying those into the health and fitness space. And one of those key things and one of the, the key things that I noticed right away was that if you want to help people with health and fitness, at least six, seven years ago, people were doing it very much one on one. You'd go to the gym, you'd get a personal trainer, and that's how you would, you know, do the health and fitness thing. And I was like, how can we how can I help people that are all over the country? Cause I had I had friends and I had a network that was you know, s- somewhat scattered across the country and I wanted to help them and I couldn't travel to them every single day. I couldn't fly to different cities every single day to help them with their uh, health and fitness. So that's when we started to leverage the power of social media and primarily Facebook to help people with their health and fitness.
1: Gotcha. So essentially, Allie was really smart. She looked around the class and said, boy, if that guy lost 40 pounds, he'd probably be cute, right? Isn't <laughs>
0: I guess so. (laughs) I guess that's what she did. Well, you know, it's... I got very lucky. I outkicked my punk coverage, as I like
1: to say. <laughs> well, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, we talk a lot about, about fitness, not on purpose, but sort of by mm-hmm. accident on this show just because I think it's important to entrepreneurs. I think that when you talk to a lot of successful entrepreneurs, they have learned sort of the hard way in many cases that yes. they, they have to stay healthy. And when you have sort of that serial entrepreneur lifestyle, it's it's easy to pack on the pounds because you're like, oh, I'm hungry. Hey, I'll grab some fast food or, oh, here in the office, look, we have that great candy bowl, fill it up with some more m ms or, or whatever. And then it's, hey, let's go have a few drinks. And that leads to six or seven. So do you think that this is uh, like really, really important for entrepreneurs or is this only important to some?
0: I would say it's important to most people in general, uh, especially entrepreneur, because there's a discipline that happens in health and fitness that translates to other areas of your life. And if you're an entrepreneur, especially a new entrepreneur, somebody starting a business or a side hustle for the first time, those disciplines might not be uh, built up yet. And what I mean by that is like consistency, um, doing like those, those, like a lot of new entrepreneurs, you're going to be the head of HR, you're going to be your own, you know. CPA. You're going to be in charge of distribution. You're going to be in charge of marketing. You're going to be in charge of coding your website. And so like, those are things that you might not want to do, just like you don't really want to work out or you don't really want to eat your chicken and broccoli. It For some reason, there's a correlation there between having the discipline to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do, but that need to get done anyway to stay healthy and fit and The same goes for when you're building a business. There's just going to be things that you don't want to do some days that are just absolutely necessary so that you're able to take your business uh, to that next level and make it profitable.
1: Well, and I've really noticed it this year. The people who listen to the show, I've I've done a couple of episodes around it. I've talked about it a few times. I've lost 25 pounds since March. Uh, Yeah, and so in about you know nine months, although it really took about six months to lose the weight, I've been sort of leveled off for the last three. But I sort of did it a little bit by accident, like you know, I wasn't like a fat guy. I'm six foot three, you know, 25 pounds wasn't, you know, like, oh my God, look at that guy. But, you know, and I didn't feel sluggish. I'd probably had some of that weight on, you know, a good chunk of my, my adult life. In fact, I now weigh what I weighed when I got married 25 years ago. And my 20 year old daughter says she's never seen me look you know, real skinny, and it's true. In her whole lifetime, I probably never, never was this was this trim. But I got into it because I made a change in diet first. It wasn't exercise for for lint. I always do something somewhat militant. I've I went vegan one year. I've given up alcohol. I've given up caffeine. I, I try to do something really, really uh, takes a lot of discipline during lint. And this year, I gave up sugar and wheat and. It wasn't a 100%, but I really, really cut back. Like I limited to 15 grams of processed sugar a day, which meant pretty much I was eating nothing, nothing. that came in a package because everything had more than that. And I, I didn't give up carbs because we need carbs, but I gave up wheat because that also meant I had to give up cookies and cakes and all, you know, wheats and all the bad stuff. So, and I was a breadaholic. And then yes. uh, I started just, I mean, the weight started peeling off. And then on top of that, My daughter decided she thought it would be a good idea to run a half marathon and asked me if I would train with her, and I've never been a runner. And so I started looking into what I would have to do, and part of it was you had to get up – before you could even start training, you got to run three miles comfortably. Well, I couldn't run to the refrigerator comfortably. (laughs) So I I started just running. It took me three months to be able to get up to two and a half miles or three without like dying, and when she got home for the summer – From college, I said, I can do this. I I can run three miles. And according to that, I could train for a half marathon. And she said, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Oh, no. And my wife challenged me because by this point, I don't know, I'd lost close to 20 pounds and I was regularly running three miles. My wife challenged me to just go forward and run the half marathon. So at the end of January 17, I'll I'll, I'll actually do that. But I didn't go into it with like, oh, I got to make this big lifestyle change. But the combination of those two things have actually impacted my business. Because I didn't know I wasn't feeling great, but I feel better. I'm more disciplined. I'm getting more done. I'm thinking clearer. So do you find that with like just in an entrepreneurial lifestyle that when you're eating right and you're exercising that the entrepreneur is going to just have more energy and, and think clearer? I mean, is this just me?
0: No, 100 percent. The endorphin release that you get from working out, the uh, fueling of your body more correctly with better nutrition, that energy and that that clarity in like brain clarity is huge. I can't tell you there is an absolute direct correlation. I can I can I don't know the science behind it all. I'm not a scientist, but there are days still. Very rarely, but there are days where I'll skip a workout or like my nutrition's not on point and I have like 100% brain fog and I am just like a mess and I'm out of sorts. And I I get to about lunchtime and I'm like, what's going on? Why is it 1 o'clock and I can't get anything done and I'm not being productive and I just feel weird? And then I'm like, I decided to like get that extra hour of sleep instead of get up and get my workout in and I'm all out of – so yes – To answer your question, yes, there's definitely a correlation there.
1: So what advice do you have for entrepreneurs about adopting a a more fitness oriented lifestyle?
0: I, I think it's the advice would be find something that fits your schedule, especially in today's world where most of the workouts, at least with Beachbody. And I know that there's several other companies out there as well doing this right now, but you can stream your workouts from any device, laptop, phone, whatever, and A lot of the times the endorphin release will come within 14 to 20 minutes of you getting a high intensity workout. So it doesn't have to take up a lot of time, but you can just, whether you're traveling, you're in your hotel room, make a commitment to like get that 14 to 20 minutes in If That's all you have. Get at least 20 minutes in, get that energy, that endorphin release, and it's going to set you up for the rest of the day. And you're going to be so much more productive that like, you're you will almost not want to ever go back to not working out just because it's like I, I don't know how to describe it. I've never been on medication like Adderall or anything like that, but I would imagine there's some sort of <laughs> correlate like, you know how you kind of need it. It's like in a sense it's my drug to get me going for the day. I know that's such a bad no, to say probably, I, but.
1: I will tell you what, as a guy who never was a runner, like I should go find my old junior high gym coach. Cause he would laugh at the fact that I'm running 20 to 25 miles a week. And then I like forward to do it. And today was actually a day off. I ran five miles yesterday. I'll do nine tomorrow. in part of my training for this half marathon. And I was at the gym today just to do some lifting. And I thought, I'll just do a mile on the treadmill. And I thought, who the hell am I? What was, what I just went and ran a mile by choice. It wasn't even part of my schedule, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's become something that I absolutely want to do. Now I'll be honest, after I do the half marathon, I'm not going to do these nine mile runs, but for me, a three to five mile run is just perfect. It's the right length. It gets me going. And I have become somewhat addicted to it and it is sort of like a little bit like a drug. So I, I, I understand what you're saying.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and I would say too, like going to the that three to five mile range, a lot of times, you know, people think I just got to work out, work out, work out, work out. And Sometimes longer workouts aren't as beneficial because it's more wear and tear on your body and it's less calorie burn. But that's kind of going off topic a little bit.
1: <laughs> well, it's all cool. You know what? That's what we do here is we try to go down whatever path it is. And since since you're both an entrepreneur and someone who teaches fitness, I thought this was important that we went down this path. Now, you said that you sort of always, you know, from first grade forward, were are sort yes. of into this. Did you ever have a job where you were you regularly employed at any point after college or something?
0: Yeah. So my first job out of college actually did financial planning and wealth management, um, which was cool. Um, And there was a little bit of an entrepreneur spirit to that. And that, you know, it was on me for the most part to build up my client base, but I was also getting uh, clients directly from, it was actually a company that dealt with bringing um, military clients that were transitioning from military to civilian life. So I I had like some built-in clientele, but I was also able to bring in my own clientele if I wanted to, uh, but it was very much a desk job and I just was like stuck in this office all day and I I, I
1: got tired of that quick so what led you to make the leap then
0: I I knew that I I, wa- I didn't want to have any sort of limits I I felt constrained and I felt I guess tied down and I wanted to like I constantly was like busting at the seams to so just like go out and meet people and network and like try new things and just like give it a shot and and you know fall on my face if that's what that's what happened or you know go out there and just like do stuff and make a difference and have an impact and i was doing that in a small way helping people with their wealth management but not to the capacity that i i wanted to do it on my own terms i wanted to create my own schedule if that meant you know going somewhere for, you know, three, four, five day weekend, because there was a conference or there was a seminar that I wanted to go and meet people at, or if it was, you know, something that was more industry related, I wanted to have the freedom to just like go and do. And if that meant working 18 hour days, I could work 18 hour days. If that meant, Hey, it's, you know, my anniversary or something. And and I want to take a random Wednesday off and do something super special for my wife, I could do that as well and not be constrained or have to ask a boss for the time off or any of that. I I, I did not like that feeling of of being limited.
1: So what is it then that you love about the lifestyle that you've created?
0: Yeah. It's creating my own schedule. I, I I I tell people this all the time. I'm like, I'm not sure there is a price you can pay me to go back to like the corporate nine to five grind. I just I don't like it. And I want to be able to say, you know what, today I'm waking up two hours early today. I'm sleeping in two hours later tonight. I'm going to work to whatever hour I choose to. I-, I I feel like in my business, we're at a pivotal point. So I'm going to put in the extra time. Now I don't have to wait, um, you know, or be demanded to, to put in the extra time. I get to kind of control those factors and I get to say, you know what, this is, a great period to scale things up. This is a great period, maybe for personal or selfish reasons, I need to back off a little bit and and take care of some more personal issues. I love having that freedom. Also on top of that, my wife and I love to travel. We are world travelers and we just like to get up and go like, like next week we're traveling and it was very random and spontaneous. I'm like, Hey honey, you want to go here? Boom. We booked it. We're gone. Our team's shutting down. We're shutting down for five days and just going, and I love having that freedom to, to do that and create my own schedule.
1: So if somebody's listening and they're thinking, God, I, I love what, what Brent is saying. I've, I've got to go do this. What advice do you have for someone who wants to create their own path? They want to they start an entrepreneurial venture, whether it's being a solopreneur or whether it's putting together a whole company or a whole team.
0: I would say go for it. I'd say take the leap and go for it. And take massive amounts of action. And what I mean by massive amounts of action is talk to people, interview people, ask them questions, get in front of people, um, ask kind of like how our relationship started, and our relationship's very new, Tom. Like, you know, just like, hey, can I interview you? Can I ask you questions? I can't tell you the amount of questions and notes and booklets that I have filled with things that I've, I've asked people and, and then I've applied those things. And so I would tell people like, don't be afraid of failure. Cause even if something doesn't go right, which most entrepreneurs are going to tell you, we probably failed a hundred different times, a hundred different ways, but we learned from those things. We tweaked things. We made it better uh, as we went along. And so I would just say, go for it and be willing to learn, be willing to adjust, be willing to take action in whatever it is that you're passionate about. Now, I wouldn't advise somebody to just like literally drop what they're doing today with no capital or no um, strategy and just try to deploy something out of like thin air. I would I would want you to kind of think on it and incubate it. But that's the first step. And that's the first action step is like, I'm going to put this plan together. And once I have this plan and once I know my strengths and, and what my competitive advantage might be or what this this passion is that I want to pursue – then I'm going after it, and I, I don't know. I just think there's just too much timidness. People are like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to do that, kind of want to do this, and they never really pursue it with like their whole heart, and and I just think that you need to go for it. I, I know that sounds a little bit like vague, but just whatever whatever it is that that the entrepreneur listening has in their heart to do, go for it
1: no i think i think that's good advice and the other part about asking a lot of questions i mean that's what i tell people all the time when they ask me about this podcast i say the number one advantage to me has been that i've got to interview over 200 people and get to ask them a lot of questions whether it's about you know sort of the regular questions i ask or whether it's we go off on a tangent about fitness I get to ask a lot of questions, and one of the best books that I've read in the last couple years, I think it's called A Curious Mind, and it's by a guy named uh, uh, Brian Grazier, and he is a producer in Hollywood. In fact, he's Ron Howard's business partner, so all the great movies that Ron Howard has directed, this guy is his partner, his producer behind the scenes, and – uh, he's a really smart guy, but people ask him, How is he so successful? Well, as a young man, he just started interviewing people. Now, he obviously wasn't doing a podcast 25 years ago, and he wasn't sharing those interviews with the world. But he was going in and asking very successful people in Hollywood what they did and, and how they did it and what advice they would have. And after he'd interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people, all of a sudden – he was getting a lot smarter. And so I think that's one of the best things you can do is be curious about people, ask them, you know, what advice do they have? What what would they do differently if they got to do it over again? And so when you were talking about that, I'm sitting here, you know, in the background, just nodding my head upside up, you know, up and down going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being curious is key. So I think you share really good advice there. Thank you. And,
0: and I think people always want to talk about themselves to some degree. So when you ask questions, people are going to, you know, want to share their successes and they're going to want to share their, you know, triumphs and the things that they've had to overcome to get them to where they are today. So I don't know if I've come across somebody, at least in the entrepreneurial world, that's not willing to kind of share their, their best practices or whatever. So ask away and, and go for it.
1: Well, and, and I've found, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm up, you know, 200 plus interviews and I've found that I've only had a couple of people ever say no to being interviewed on the show. And in every case, one case, the guy was in sort of a quiet period. He was doing a Mm -hmm. sale of his company and couldn't talk about it. But in every other case where someone had said no is they were a celebrity and they just looked at me like, you know, a go away, kid. You bother me. But, you know, every other person I've asked has said, yeah, I'll be on your show. And everybody, like like yourself included, has been so willing to just freely share their experiences and what they've done. And, And I think that, you know, even if you just say, hey, can I take you to lunch? Most people say yes.
0: Absolutely, and I think I think one of the things uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you follow him much. Oh, I know. Or, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a and I've I've said this several years ago as well, and it's like I have no problem sharing my best practices. I share it with 8,000 people every single day on my team. the 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 problem or the the rub is most of the time people aren't gonna put in the work necessary to be a successful entrepreneur they want they want the glitz and the glam and the fun and the travel and, and all the good stuff that comes with being an entrepreneur but there's there is that hard work factor and i will never i will never not preach that to <laughs> entrepreneurs because i know that that is absolutely necessary and and really there's no trick or secret sauce or anything like that other than getting your hands dirty and putting in the work and being consistent over a long period of time
1: well, and you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm really open. People call me who want to become speakers. They want to become professional speakers. And that's what I do for a living. That's how I, you know, pay, feed the kids and pay the college mm-hmm. tuition for the older one and keep the house, you know, running. And I gave over 50 professional speeches this year. And people say, how did you, how did you get 50 clients? How did you do this? And I'll tell them everything I did. And then, like years later, I'll run across people and, you know, maybe they did one or two, but it's, it's hard work. And it's not magic fairy dust to be successful as a a beach body coach or as a professional speaker or as a lawyer or a banker. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're hitting on some really key things that are true for everybody's industry because you don't have to be scared about sharing your secret sauce because 99% of the people aren't going to go out and do it anyway. But for the ones who will, how cool that you get to be the catalyst that, you know, helps them get on the right path because so many people did that for me.
0: Correct. And, and that's our heart um, behind 21st Century CEO is I want to just share. I want to be that motivation that encouragement that empowers a new or a young entrepreneur to go after their dreams and to do it because there's nothing. I'm, I'm not doing anything that any other successful entrepreneur isn't doing out there already. It's working hard. It's being passionate about what you do. It's being consistent day in, day out, month in, month out. And so if I can just somehow maybe reword it or repackage it or put my own spin on it and share that with somebody and it, it motivates them and drives them to go for something that might change their life and their family's life, that, that's like the most rewarding thing in the world to me.
1: Well, and at, at the end of the day, all opportunities in our lives, whether we're we're giving them or we're getting them, all opportunities come from people, which sort of leads me to the next question. So for entrepreneurs, how important is your network and, and being engaged in whatever your community is? It's the lifeblood.
0: It It's everything. I, I mean, networking, you can't have – A big enough network in a sense, because there's always something to learn. There's always somebody to learn from. There's always another perspective where, you know, for me, if I can have more people go, Hey, Brent, tell me about your business. Or, or if I can ask them, Hey, what do you think about this idea? And just get a different perspective that maybe I'm not seeing uh, that's invaluable to me. And so if I, if I meet somebody and you know what, maybe they just give me a little bit of advice or they say, you know what, good luck with that but we connect in some way, who knows if that relationship might grow or build into something, or we might reconnect on something different two, five, 10 years later, which has happened in my life. And I mean, that stuff is just the lifeblood of being an entrepreneur and being connected. The, the more you can learn, the more, you can, more perspectives you can get, I, I think that only plays
1: to your advantage as an entrepreneur. So Brent, I've got a couple more questions for you. But first- mm-hmm i got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Brent Upham. I tell you what, if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Brent, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is yes. the coolest thing you're doing with your company right now?
0: Ooh, that's such a great question. Um. I think the coolest thing right now is working on spreading our viral reach because health and fitness is such a problem in our country, in our society. And if I can have, if I can figure out a way to create a better online community, a more fun, more compelling, uh, more systematic way to bring a community of people together and help them improve their health and fitness and wellness, then I believe that that, like we talked about earlier, is going to translate into other areas of their life. Maybe that's being a better employee. Maybe that's being a better entrepreneur. Maybe that's being a better mom or dad or husband or wife because they have that energy. They feel better. They have more confidence about themselves. And so if I can develop, which is the coolest thing right now, bringing 8,000-plus people into a community online, most of which who have never met each other in person but feel like they're family when they meet through this online experience, like that's the coolest thing to me because 10, 15, 20 years ago, that wasn't even possible to bring people together through the power of the Internet. And, yeah, that's the coolest thing going on right now.
1: So Brent, I think that great entrepreneurs, in addition to wanting to build community and make money and all that, I think great entrepreneurs are observers. So my favorite question that I ask people who come on this show is, who's someone else out there that you think is doing something cool? So when you look around, who's another entrepreneur where you think, wow, they're crushing it?
0: I have a friend here locally in Orlando, Florida. His name's Ben Hoyer, and he owns a company called Credo Coffee. And they do free trade with coffee. I believe it's from Guatemala. And they have several different uh, coffee shops, if you will, workspaces uh, around central Florida. A lot of people come there, a lot of entrepreneurs, or it's it's a little hipster, if you will. And they get their work done. They have little kind of individual workspaces. But the cool part about what Ben does is all of his coffee, espressos, juices, they're all free. Everything's free, and he simply asked or suggests donations, which I asked him about this one time, and he said, for whatever reason, when you're given something for free and you don't feel like you deserve it, people end up giving more. So what might be a $2 cup of coffee, people are paying $5 for. uh, So one, it seems to be more profitable for Ben. But the other cool thing is Ben is incredibly involved in this uh, free trade economy, employing the farmers in Guatemala, employing uh, this, the several people at each location, each coffee shop that he has in, here in central Florida. So I think he's created something like a total of 80 jobs um, in the last two or three years by having this free trade coffee shop that technically – doesn't charge anything for coffee and espresso and juices, and uh-huh. is solely based upon donations.
1: Huh. That's a kind of a different different business model. I kind of like it.
0: Completely different. At first, I was like, "No way that that works." Just kind of coming from a, a, a you know having a business degree and, and knowing business I'm like, "Well, that how is that going to work?" <laughs> And it's just a a little bit of a play on psychology and a little bit of, hey, we have something, you know, not only are you going to get a good cup of coffee, this is going to go back into providing jobs for people in Guatemala and providing jobs for people here locally. So kind of a cool thing he's got going on.
1: So I think as of right now, my podcast is now based on donations. As of, sure. as, as of this moment, we are a donation-based podcast. So just whatever you want to send me, you know, I take Starbucks cards. It works out great. No, seriously, uh, that is an interesting idea that he's doing that. I'll have to look more into it. What's it called again? A credo. Like oh. C-R-E-D-O? Correct. All right. I'll have to look him up. He's in Orlando? Yes. I think we have and to
0: And ha- I can send you his info if you
1: want. Yeah, I would like to because I think we have to have him as a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do uh, because that sounds like he's doing some, something very cool.
0: Yeah, really cool guy. You'll enjoy.
1: So my last question, my last question is always, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because in addition to being observers, I also think that I think entrepreneurs want to leave a mark on the world. I think we want to do good. So what is it that you do?
0: I volunteer locally at our church. We have several campuses in the central Florida area. So uh, we do a lot of volunteer work at our church, both at our local campus and throughout uh, Orlando as well, whether it's, you know, setting up like the Thanksgiving uh, meals for people. We're going to be wrapping uh, toys and gifts for for kids here coming up for Christmas. Um, but beyond that, one of the things, and my kind of life motto, if you will, is called Rise Up and Go. And what I want to do is I want to encourage and what we do um, with some of the local kids that are a part of the organization's Um, there's an organization here in Orlando called the Edgewood Ranch and we've partnered with them and and it takes some juvenile kids that have struggled in school and gotten in fights and those types of things. And and it's giving them a um, another chance to graduate and to finish their high school uh, uh, year out without having to be held back and give a positive influence to them. And it's going there and speaking with these kids and saying, Hey, whatever it is you want to do, rise up and go after it. It's kind of like I said earlier, whatever your dreams are, you have the ability. You've been given this day as a gift to go after your dreams and to just rise up out of some bad circumstances. A lot of these kids have been dealt bad hands, but that doesn't define who they are or who they will be in the future. And, and that's my heart about, you know, trying to leave an impact or make a difference in this world is to empower especially young people to go for it and to rise up and be all they've been created to be.
1: That's awesome. And, and I want to back up kind of to the first thing you said, you know, you volunteer with your church. I know from looking at your website, because we just met, I've not really spoken to you. I've listened to a couple of your podcast episodes and stuff. But when I look at your Facebook page, one of the things is that you talked about was faith on your, on your page. How do you balance as an entrepreneur? And I don't want to get into a, a religious talk here, but, but mm-hmm. how do you balance faith with business?
0: To me, my faith is in and throughout everything that I do. So a lot of times you'll hear people say like, God first, family second, job third, or, or you know, they, they order kind of their priorities, if you will. And that's not a bad thing. But for me, my faith has to be, or it doesn't make sense. It has to be in and through all that I do. Because if I put it first, and then I put something else, second, third, fourth, fifth, that means that my faith is not in those things, second, third, fourth, or fifth. I, I've kind of uh, compartmentalize them. So that I, I, I don't know if there's like necessarily a balance as much as I'm, I'm going to make sure my faith is incorporated in the way I run my business and the way I, I, you know, treat my spouse or raise my kids or the way that I am involved throughout the community. My faith is, is a part of all that I do.
1: Well, and we don't talk. A, I haven't talked a lot about it on this show, but I, you know, when I saw that on your website, I thought, you know, that would be a good question, just because I know that a lot of people who listen, you know, they are people of faith, and I, I know some people aren't. And I respect that as well, but I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are, and I know that's a question that I get every now and then. Is you know, how do you live true to your faith, and how do you do that? And I like your example of you know, not putting it first, but putting it in everything. I think that was that was great advice for for people who struggle with how do they have that balance. I thought that was that was unique and 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 clever. I like that. Thank you. So, hey, Brent, I'm glad our paths have crossed, and I, I hope we can keep in touch. I'm really glad that you agreed so willingly to just jump on and be a guest here on the show. It, it amazes me when I reach out to some people or I say, hey, I'd like to have you on the show. Some people go, great. How about if we schedule that for like March 14th, 2018? And it's like, <laughs> really? Uh, how about tomorrow? And I love the fact that you were just like, sure, I'll make time. Let's do it. I, I, I love the serendipity, and I think some of the best interviews are the people who I, who I run across – who I toss it out there, who are like, I'll make the time right now. Let's do that. So I, w- I want to say thank you for for sharing with the audience.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for having me on here. Like you said, it really just worked out well and the serendipity of it. And uh, I, again, I'm not exactly sure how I saw your post and how you saw mine, but it, it all worked out. And uh, it's been a pleasure being on your show.
1: So if somebody is uh, interested in finding out more about you, where do they go? How do they find you?
0: Yes, we're, we're obviously on all the social media platforms, but the best way is on Facebook, either at facebook.com forward slash brent.upam or facebook.com forward slash 21stcenturyceo. Uh, that's where we do most of our business and that's where I connect with most of our followers is through Facebook. Um, so that would be the best place for you guys to go.
1: That, that's awesome. And again, if they want to find your podcast, which I think everybody should uh, jump over, tell us a little bit about you and your, your podcast co-host.
0: Yes. Uh, so that is on iTunes as well. Just search 21st Century CEO. Uh, my co-host is Norm Tumlinson. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to be here today, but Norm and I have known each other for about 10 years now. And we just have this like weird chemistry. Norm is Uh, part of our team too, he's the creative director for all things, team thrive productions. Uh, so we work, we work together and we just have this like quirky kind of weird chemistry. And like a lot of people don't get us, but those who do like, (laughs) are like, oh my gosh, you guys are hilarious and just like a little bit off, but it works. And, uh, he's a really good dude. So you can follow Norm Tumlinson as well. Uh, he is part of the 21st century CEO team.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being a guest and thank you to everybody who tuned in. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Brent. In the meantime, send us a note on on Twitter. It's at Cool Podcast or you can find me at Tom Singer. That's T-H-O-M. S i n g e r. Uh, you can also find us on all the places: Facebook, Instagram. You know, I'm out there doing uh, doing my best at it. You know, I I think it's still a, a work in progress for most of us. But uh, uh, jump on and find us there. Also, go and leave a review on iTunes. Uh, you know, I I say this all the time, and not that many people do it, but boy, it makes my day brighter when there's a brand new positive review on iTunes. And it's the way other people find the show. So uh, leave a review and tell your friends. Check out cool things entrepreneurs do. We'll see you back here in a couple of days with a new episode. But in the meantime, you go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things
0: Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at Tomsinger.